but first up is Diane Jung. So would you honor Diane with me? Hi, everybody. Boy, you guys look different from up here. Y'all look good, though. Oh. I can use this. Hello? Is it? Or should we replace the mic? I could do sign language to you guys. Would that work? Okay. Okay, it's such a joy to be here, really. Um, I have a little story just to... Well, first of all, those of you who don't know me, I'm Diane Jung, and my husband is Clayton Jung, and I have two kids, um, preteen and a teenager, Joshua and Rachel. And um, I'm wearing this sweater that my son gave me because he said it was an ugly sweater, ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah, I did ask for one. And so he gave it to me. And um, and so I wore it. And I went over to my brother's yesterday. And I have a nephew there. And he's like, um, I don't know, he's ninth grade. And he doesn't talk to me much when I talk to him. So if I ask him questions, it's either yes, no, or he shrugs his shoulders like this. So I can't get a sentence out of him. But I wore this yesterday. So this is a miracle shirt, you guys. He said a full sentence to me. He said, he said, I like your ugly Christmas sweater. And he looked me in the eye. So I'm wearing this sweater every Christmas because this is a miracle that he's talking to me in one sentence. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that I'd tell you a little story about myself. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, why don't we begin some prayer? All right, Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. We thank you that you already have come and that you're dwelling here. And we ask that, whoa, that the waters rises of your love. We ask, Father God, that your angelic presence would come and that you would just fill this place beyond in an abundance of your love. And would you illuminate your word tonight, Father God? And I humbly submit what the message is tonight to you, Father. I thank you for my lovely brothers and sisters here. I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I'm kind of technically challenged, but here we go. Oh, I did it. Okay. As you can see, it's called Crossing Over. That's the title of what we're going to be talking about. And um, I think I have a little thing just to tell you. You know, they say that when you preach on something that God puts you through the same thing. I thought I was going to be exempt, but but I wasn't. So it was about coming up here to preach. I was, I said yes to Brent because the Holy Spirit was saying, say yes. But, you know, when I said yes, uh, my heart and my mind were kind of in conflict And so I was kind of going through some conflict (laughs) about this, about crossing over, about preaching and being in front of people. And so I'll talk a a little bit more about it later, um, in depth, what I had to go through. But I am now healed to a degree because I am standing in front of you. And (laughs) and, um, 
and Brent, if you ask me to preach next week, I'm so healed, I'm going to give you the anointed no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Doug's preaching. I got out of that one. Uh, but also, um, one of the things about crossing over is God will give us resources even if you don't have the faith. And I didn't really have a lot of faith in myself being up here. Um, and that's the process, okay? That's the journey I'm going through, and it's self-esteem stuff. But really, it was the faith of, like, Brent, Suzanne, and the elders. And also, when I thought about all of you, when I think about you guys as my church and my brothers and sisters, even those of you on podcast, I start to feel this warm feeling of just an honor and a privilege to be here with you and to share with you and, and knowing that, you know, I have your support and that I have you rooting for me. And that's really what helped me also. And so when I look at you guys, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here and being my family. And those of you on podcast to hear it, I want to say thank you because we're all in this together. You know, we are. Thank you. I'm going to cry. And as Bill said, it's just allergies. <laughs> Why am I crying? Okay, crossing out. I, I just want to tell you that I picked this picture because um, the way that Jesus is looking at the little girl and the little girl is looking at Jesus, there's just such warm feelings and there's just such adoration and love. And I really feel like that when we cross over, this is really the feeling that I really would, would like to, to have when I'm crossing over, the security and the love of Jesus walking with me. Okay, so let's go to the next slide. So the question is, why did the chicken cross the road? Does anybody want to say, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, you guys are really smart. To get to the other side, and also there's something else that we'll talk about later. So it's part of crossing over. So definition, just from crossing over, that all of you know, it's a verb. And it's leaving one's territory to move past from one side to another. And also, when you're crossing over, it could be anything from a road to um, a bridge to anything that you have to go over to get to the other side. And in, in when I'm talking, it's going to be mainly from a passage that I'm talking about. But for all of you, you know, who are crossing over or will cross over, because we all do at different times in our lives, um, you can just imagine for yourself what you're crossing over. Um, one thing about crossing over is that it, um, you can be dealing with physical issues, sickness. You could be ailments, afflictions of your body. It can be emotional, such as you could be working through grief, rejection, addiction, or shame. could be circumstantial, such as it could be job-related, whether you need a job, whether you lost a job, or you're looking for a job. It could be finances, um, family issues, 
that um, can leak into emotional issues, that can leak into maybe, maybe physical issues. Okay, we won't go there, but I'm just speaking from experience that when I've crossed over these different things, this is what I basically have been dealing with in my life. So let's look at a famous passage, everybody, and it's Joshua 3, 1 to 4. And I'll read it to you, and you can follow along. It's up there on the screen. Joshua was up early and on his way from Shittim with all the people of Israel with him. He arrived at the Jordan and camped before crossing over. After three days, leaders went through the camp and gave out orders to the people. When you see the covenant chest of God, your God, carried by the Levitical priests, start moving. Follow it. Make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it, about half a mile. Oh boy. And be sure now to keep your distance, and you'll see clearly the route to take. You'll never be, you've never been on this road before. So why did they cross over? Because they're going to the promised land. And so my definition of promised land is it could be a physical place. In this way, they were going over to a land. That's a physical place. Um, it could be dreams. It could be visions. It can involve healing of your heart issues. Um, just something. It could be anything that I believe that we can take possession of that God has already given us. That's how I would define the promised land. There's some points that came out to me that I'd just like to share with you about crossing over from this first passage is the path to the promised land can be unknown. And the one thing that it did that did stand out, it said, you've never been on this route before. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but when I've been crossing over, um, there are times that I'm ready to cross over. And I'm not scared to cross over. And probably that's because I'm just desperate, all right, to get to the other side. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I don't care. I don't care what it's going to look like. Um, and then um, there are times when I don't know what it's going to look like. And when I think about it, it just scares the bejesus out of me. I just don't know. I don't want to go there. I will be paralyzed. Um, I would have to have someone push me to go across, but it, it really causes anxiety to me. And sometimes, and that's part of building faith. That's part of the trust that I believe God has really um, journeyed with me to go across sometimes. Um, but he, in the second point, he says, we don't need to worry because God goes before us. Okay? He'll make sure that as I cross that if I don't have the face, the cross, I'm going to develop it along the way. There's no doubt about it. Um, and if I do have the faith, that I'm going to grow even more in my faith as I go across. And those have, that's been my experience. And as I read biblical stories, that's what I really get out of this, is that point. Now, the third point I wanted to point out was they talked about the distance to follow. And that was like a huge distance. And in the Old Testament, 
if you touch the Ark of the Covenant, which is really the glory of God, the, the presence of God, you will transition to heaven faster than you could say amen. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, however, in the new covenant, there's no distance between us. No distance between God and I, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And so for me, depending on where I was with my relationship with God, and depending on how I felt about myself and where I was with myself, um, you know, all I could, all I could do was um, say, okay, God, when I'm crossing over, I really need to just hold your hand right now. Or I would say, God, I really need to lean on you right now. Or maybe I would say, God, it's okay. You go ahead, and I'm going to follow right behind you. And those have been my experiences of what I've, ex- what I've gone through. But the one thing is, no matter what, no matter what the distance was, as long as I could see him clearly or I could feel him clearly, that was the most important thing. That was, that was something to me that I've learned when I crossed over. Okay. One thing I kind of wanted to bring up is timing of crossing over. It's relative. You guys probably figured that out. I don't know how long it would take a chicken to cross the road. Going to depend how big the road is. Um, in my experience, crossing over could have taken several years, um, several months. It could have taken a couple of days, but it all depended on where I, again, where I was and where I was in my relationship with Jesus at that time. And there's been times, I mean, truthfully, when um, I wanted to go faster than he did. So I'd be pushing him and saying, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Or, you know, like those trucks that go beep, 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 and I'd like, beep, 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 come on, Jesus, come on, let's go faster, let's go faster. And, um, and I felt like he said to me, hey, what's your hurry? What's your hurry? Because I want to spend the time with you as you're crossing. I want to be with you. I want to develop something deep with, between the two of us as we're crossing. And then he would say, sometimes he would say things like, well, you know, when you're crossing over, you're going to be maturing in certain things and growing and I would say, oh, is it character development? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and yeah, it would be. But let me tell you, the journey has all been worth it. Okay, so. Oh, okay. Sorry. We are on Joshua 3, 9 to 13. Okay, when, then Jesus, Joshua addressed the people of Israel. Attention, listen to what God, your God has to say. This is how you'll know what, that God is alive among you. He will completely dispossess before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gershites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Look at what's before you, the chest of the covenant. 
Think of it. The master of the entire earth is crossing the Jordan as you watch. Now take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests carrying the chest of God, master of all the earth, touch the Jordan's water, the flow of water will be stopped, and the water coming up stream will pile up in a heap. So some points that I got out of this passage was God reveals who he is for you. It says God is alive among us. And as I walked a lot of journeys across his character, I began to know who he was as a healer, as a provider, how glorious he is as a protector it became more and more alive to me who he was in my life. And it became more pronounced to where it wasn't just on Saturdays or Sundays at church. It actually became reality every day in my life. And it grew, and it grew deeper, and it grew wider within me and within my spirit. Um, yeah. And every time I think about it, and just, I just really am grateful. I'm very grateful that he chose me to walk with him, to reveal those things to me. Yeah. Okay. It's just allergies. <laughs> yeah, the second point was God is our protector, and he's the ultimate protector. Because in the passage, he said he will completely dispose or dispossess the enemies, the intruders, and the lies of our lives. That he says he will never leave us or forsake us. That he says that he will always hide us under the shadows of his wings. And he says that his love is higher and bigger and wider and deeper. And death cannot separate us from his love. That's who he is when we're crossing over. And therefore, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. And so God makes a way for us to cross over. This is the third point. And then if you notice in the passage, the water was stopped. That's a big miracle, you guys. It's a huge one. And so in my life, as I crossed over, what I can look for and what I look at is big and small miracles. Yeah. And we talked about it. We sung about it tonight, the God of Miracles. The God of the impossible, the God of the supernatural. And he'll do it for me because I could freely cross. He's going to make it. And it, I can say some of this crossing was not easy. Well, not easy. However, he made a way. It could have been worse. It could have been. And he always was looking out for me. And this is hindsight. Sometimes when I'm crossing over, I don't recognize that. 
Sometimes I'm so ingrained in what what's happening with the lie that I'm believing in myself um, or, or what's happening around me that I cannot see that he is the ultimate protector for me. But then when I get to the other side and I look back, then I have realized it. And I am getting better. This is, this is another jury. I am getting better at recognizing it. Um, so a little story I want to tell you is a crossing over I had about five years ago was when my father passed away, and he passed away suddenly. And we had just done a big move from San Leandro to Castro Valley. And that was, that was another crossing over. And the reason why we did it was for my dad to come live with us. And my dad passed away six months afterwards. And I was dealing with, with horrible grief, you guys. I could not. Um, I, I could barely function. My kids were grieving. I was grieving. My husband was the best. My husband, I have the, by the way, I have the best husband in the world, okay? I'm going to brag about him. <laughs> he even helped me with the technical stuff. Um, and that's another crossing over challenge I'll do, deal with later. But um, I have to say, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Do you guys ever have those days? When you feel like you, you, you have enough faith, but, but your heart is telling you something else. And it's telling you and the burden of it. And I tell you, I was grieved. The loss was really difficult. And I didn't know if I could cross over. And this is what Jesus did. He carried me. He took me and he carried me across. That was his provision for me. Abundantly full of grace and mercy in my life. And he healed my heart. And I thought, God, is this going to go on for six months, you know, or more? Because I can't deal with it. I, I have a family. I've got to deal with my family. I'm a mom. You know, I'm a wife. And God, during the crossing over, as he's carrying me, he started to reveal to me what my dad was doing in heaven. And I started getting confirmation from people what my dad was doing in heaven. I thought, wow, he's having a good time. Well, i got to be. <laughs> I mean, I'm sad, but I'm not that sad because he's having a great time. Um, and the Holy Spirit, I... I hung onto the coattails of the Holy Spirit for comfort. And it was like I was begging because I, I couldn't comfort myself. But God used people in my life. You know, he uses other resources too, people. Your family, your church family, your friends. And he did that beautifully, beautifully, because they're Jesus to me. They're Jesus to me. And the Holy Spirit... Just every time I asked for help, would bring a revelation of peace and comfort to me. And I got across. I got across. And my promised land was my heart was healed of deep grief. I wasn't paralyzed. And I was able to see myself as going forward into destiny, that my father's death had briefly stopped me from thinking about where I'm going. 
but I was released. I got freed. And, uh, yeah, I praise God for that. I think, thank you, God, for that. Okay, next passage is Joshua 3.17. And there they stood, those priests carrying the chest of the covenant, stood firmly planted on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground. Finally, the whole nation was across the Jordan, and not one wet foot. Oh, my goodness, you guys. All right. God makes sure you cross over well into the promised land. If you notice, right, they stayed firmly. God stayed firmly planted until every single person crossed over. Nobody was left out. And on top of that, they had no wet feet. So either they had the best waterproof shoes in the world, and I want the patent for that, or he is the ultimate caretaker, assuring that we get to the other side. That's the assurance that we have. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty amazing. That was pretty amazing to me. And I thought about what I did about crossing over and the times I did. And when I thought my shoes were wet, they weren't. I just felt they were. But in reality, they were dry. They were really dry. And sometimes you get new shoes crossing the way. <laughs> sometimes your old shoes get repaired. Um, but it all depends, again, on the journey, on the journey that you're on. So why do we cross over people? So we could possess what is rightfully ours. It is our destiny. It's our inheritance. I've learned that crossing over to the promised land is anything that makes me prosper in knowing wholeheartedly that I am the daughter of the living God. It's my identity. It's who I am. And yes, the Israelites, it was, if you ask them if it was a hard thing, they'd say, oh yeah, it wasn't easy. But then there were easy, there was easy ones. And God mixes it up. But all in all, I, I have to say, I wouldn't trade any of this, any of my crossing overs for anything in the world. Because I wouldn't be standing here. I wouldn't be at Blazing Fire Church if I hadn't gone through some of the hardships in my life. And I know that sometimes it's hard when you look at past things. You say, I don't remember that and stuff like that. And that's all good and good and fine. But for me, when I remember when Leif was doing the crown, he said that our journey isn't a trajectory. It's a crown going up and down and up and down. Well, you're still going forward, going up and down. You're, you're not standing still. And when I'm down, I'm going to get the trajectory to go up. It's because God is going to get me there. And the resources, my friends and my family and whoever he uses, whatever he does, is going to get me there. There's always a guarantee that we're going to go up. Always, always, always. Yeah, not feeling like you're enough. I believe Brent addressed that in transition. Shame. It's called shame. Um, and... 
to go in a little bit more detail really quickly, that's what I was dealing with um, after Brent asked if I would share. And I was feeling like I'm not enough. And I start, you know how you start comparing when you're that that level? Start comparing. And, right? This cat addressed. And so at our home group, I was sharing with my dear brother, Russ. I said, can you really pray for me? I need a lot of prayer. And so what he did was he said, okay, I'm going to pray off the mantle of hiddenness. And he did. And I felt a shift. Now, it wasn't automatically where I said, oh, I got to preach on Saturday. I'm jumping up and down and everything. It actually shifted me enough to continue my journey. Okay, because I was stuck in the middle of the road. Right? I don't know if you have ever experienced that when you're crossing over and you get stuck because the lie of me not being enough, I couldn't get past it. I wanted to stay hidden. It's like, ah, I'd rather not do it. I don't want to be seen because I don't have enough to share. I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough for you guys to be up here. Really, this, that was going through my head. And so for me to face that lie, he had to pray off the mantle of hiddenness. And so I was just thinking about that. And now, you know, I was able to cross over and to be up here. But that helped and stuck me. And so one of the things I'd like to pray off of some of you, now it's not everybody, but I really feel like there's some of you here who need to have that prayed off, is the hiddenness. That you're not, because it stems from you're not enough. And it could be shame, you know, goes back of I'm not good enough. And that's what I thought about myself for years. And when I made a mistake, it wasn't like I made a mistake. It was like I am a mistake. Do you see the difference? Shame was my address, you guys. You can see my, my picture in the dictionary next to shame. That's how many years I lived with it. But over the years, it's crossing over. It took years. I went through counseling. I went through a lot of inner healing. That was a journey in itself. It took years, but I was able to cross over enough to where I can finally say enough to say, I really can accept myself. You know, there's a great scholar named Aretha Franklin. Do you guys know her? Okay. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T-E-T-E-C-T. Okay. Respect. Respecting myself, because I didn't respect myself. I didn't love myself enough. I didn't. And now I can actually say, I, I do like looking at myself in the mirror. And it took a long time, people. I'm not going to lie to you. But all of you, all of you, as I look out, I see so much, so much potential. I see such wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord. So if that speaks to you, I want to just pray it off of you. And you don't have to stand up. But I'm going to get my sword. And this is a sword that was given to me by dear Suzanne and Brent Locker. And sometimes you see me swinging it. And it's because I'm being led by the Spirit on what to do. And tonight, I feel like together with the Lord Jesus Christ and his love, we're going to knock this thing off of you guys. Hey, we're going to send it to where it really needs to be set, to the feet of Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Or also, if this is somebody that you know. It doesn't have to be you. It could be somebody in your life that is going through this. Okay? So, Jesus, in your mighty name, we say we are your sons and daughters. We know the truth. But, however, there are things that have happened in our life that have made us feel and think this lie that we're not enough. That we can't do it. That nobody wants to be around us. That we have to remain hidden. But God, you have said that we are the light of the world. We shall not be hidden. We won't be. We are the ones you have called. Sons and daughters, heirs, to take hold of the promised land. To take hold of who we really are. And to go out and to share it with everybody in the world. We are disciples. We are disciples of the nations. Every single one, every single person here is. And in the name of Jesus, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross for you, and in his blood, I say, get off of them in the name of Jesus, the mantle of hiddenness. Get off of them. Any fear that's attached to it, any lie that is attached to it is not of the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs to go now in the name of Jesus, and we send it to the feet of Jesus. Get off. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, it is done. We declare in the name of Jesus, it is done. Those of you who have been stuck, the Lord is with you. He will never forsake you. He will never rebuke you. He is for you. Who can be against you? Who can be against you? Jesus, just come right now. We come right now, and I ask, Father God, that you would reveal the truth. Reveal the truth right now upon each person of who they really are in your eyes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. As you're just sitting there, I'm just going to read a passage to you. It's Joshua 4, 4 to 7. And Joshua called out the 12 men who he selected from the people of Israel and one man from each tribe. And Joshua directed them, cross to the middle of the Jordan and take your place in front of the chest of God, your God. Each of you heft a stone to your shoulder, a stone for each of the tribes of the people of Israel so that you'll have something later to mark this occasion. And when your children ask you, what are these stones to you? You'll say, the flow of the Jordan was stopped in front of the chest of the covenant of God as it crossed the Jordan, stopped in its tracks. These stones are a permanent memorial for the people of Israel. So the way we'd like to end here tonight is that we have some what we call memorial stones here. The memorial stones are used for recognition of what God has done in our lives. Remember, our crossings are our testimonies. And we get to pass this on to generations. We get to pass it on to the people around us. That's what your crossing is. As, as difficult or as easy as it is, it is your story. God is going to use it. And he's going to use it to elevate his name. And he will use your story to help bring the infantile 
unquenchable the supernatural love of Jesus to their hearts. You guys, I'm looking at you guys. I'm excited. All of you, all of you, my brothers and sisters. So tonight, Kat's just going to play a little bit, and you can just meditate in the Lord. If you feel like you want to, we have these little stones with markers, and you can come up and take one, and you can write on it a word to help remember the goodness, the faithfulness of our loving God, the hope that he brings to all of us and to the world tonight. to this that um so as you're reflecting um there there are there are stones up here and they have markers right on them so you can come up and write something out so as you're just thinking about it could be that you want to write down a word or a phrase that reminds you of a time in your life that god brought you through or it could just be a, a word that describes his characteristics his faithfulness that brought you through it Something like that. So, so as you're ready, come up and you can at any time just come and do that. And this, this concludes our service. So whenever you want to leave, you can do that as well. Blessings. Blessings.